Well, this morning we're going to dive back into Isaiah chapter 11. Now this morning I was trying to come up with a very creative title. So I thought, I don't think I've ever heard this one before. So we went with The Stump. Can everyone say The Stump? Yes, I don't know that the stump is exactly like, Lord, that's what I want my life to be, like a stump. And that just doesn't sound like the, the, the thing. But what I want us to one more time focus in on is the fact that verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 11 says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his root shall bear fruit. There's something about a sprout, a powerful sprout that can come from the stump if it's what God has called, if it's what God is doing. Jesse, King David, his son, down the line, it didn't seem like in the moment that Jesus came that it was going to be that that line, that family, that tree. But Isaiah spoke from the word. He spoke what God spoke. It's in the word that this is what was going to happen. And when God speaks, it happens. When God speaks, the stump is not going to be a stump for much longer. When God speaks, there's going to be a sprout and something's going to take place. And in your life, I want to be sure one more time this morning before we move on. If you feel like you're just a stump, if you feel like what was is no more, if you feel like it's been cut down, if you feel like it's gone, if you feel like that, that season or that moment or that dream or whatever God has put inside of you, if you feel like it is over, the Savior of the universe was given by God, was born to Mary of the line of Jesse. And specifically Isaiah, with God speaking, said Jesse, not King David. Because God uses the lowly. God uses those that don't, uh, that don't have high esteem. God uses those all throughout the word of God to do the most amazing, incredible things. To be his, his mouthpiece, to be the one that uh, miracles comes through, his disciples all the way through. He uses people you would not pick out of the lineup and say, there's my guys. There's my ladies. Because God is powerful. And in this portion of scripture this morning, I believe we are challenged. How can we experience the life that Jesus would have for us? How can we experience and be who God has called us to be? I believe that it's laid out here by Isaiah. We walk in the spirit. It's laid out to walk in the character of our God who came to this earth and fulfilled what was spoken here in Isaiah chapter 11. And next week and the following week and Christmas Eve, would love to have you all come to Christmas Eve service, Sunday morning, uh, Christmas, we're just going to have a great time. We're going to talk about the manger and we're going to talk about the cave and you know all the different things that are Christmas. We're going to talk about baby Jesus coming to the earth. But before we get there, this was a plan that God put in place and God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your future. He has a plan to see what seemed like a stump turn into something that doesn't resemble that one bit. Because fruit is coming in your life. If your past appears to have left a mere stump, know God brings new sprouts from the stump. And he'll do it in your life. A powerful sprout. Second today, and as we jump into verse 2, a powerful empowerment. We're going to spend the bulk of our morning here in verse 2. And we see that talking of Jesus, it says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. 
If we begin to say, I want my life to look like Jesus, I want my life to look like the Messiah, I want to be more like him and act more like him and respond more like him. This verse right here kind of sums up what we need to do. It sums up what Jesus did, how he walked, how he lived. And we need to adopt these into our life. It says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. It's not about how good Pastor Chris Chris Gross can be or you put your name. It's not about how good you can be and how great you can serve. It's not about the great ministries you can have or the great miracles you can perform. I see John Dale sitting with his Royal Family Kids Camp. They've touched hundreds, maybe thousands of kids at this point through Royal Family Kids Camp. And you know what? It's not about us, but it's about the Spirit of God resting on us. So at Royal Family Kids Camp or Kids Church this morning or whatever we do in our life, the Spirit is on us so when kids are in our company, when we're celebrating, when we're sharing Jesus with somebody, when we're walking our life, when we're just asking the Lord to help guide us, it's not us and our power and our strength and our wisdom and our might and the things we're going to look at, but it's the Spirit of God that rests upon us. Jesus knew the Spirit in him. Today, for each one of these seven things we see, I'm just going to ask a question. My question is, do you know the Spirit that rests upon you? This is a big key moment. This is a big thing to understand because in Luke 9, 55, Jesus rebuked the disciples saying, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. And when we begin to understand that it's not just some little thing or Christianity or, or a religion or it's not just some social gathering. No, the spirit of God wants to rest on you. The Spirit of God wants to lead you. The Spirit of God wants to guide you. That means anything is possible in your life. That means anything that's been a part of you that you know should not can be broke because the Spirit rests on you. You're not doing it on your own. You're not doing it in your own strength or your own power, but the Spirit of God that flows through you. We see as we continue to go through this that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us and as we go, we see six other elements of that. We see that the spirit of wisdom rests upon him. The spirit of wisdom. He showed it among us during his earthly reign. He shows it now in his ministry towards us in heaven. As he walked the earth, even what he does now, we see he is wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.30 actually says it. Jesus became for us wisdom from God. As we walk in the Holy Spirit, it's not us and how wise we are, but it's the Spirit of God. It's Jesus. He is wisdom in our life, which means today I get to sit back and say, Lord, I'm so thankful. It's not how smart I am. It's not my, my great wisdom, but it's you that flows with me, which means I have the wisdom of our almighty God flowing through me. If I'm walking in the Holy Spirit, I have his wisdom, which means when I don't know and I'm not sure and I, I can't figure it out, God, your wisdom in my life is gonna win every time. Jesus is wisdom. Have you tapped into him? Have you tapped into who he is and what he is? Have you tapped into his wisdom? It says wisdom and goes on and understanding. Understanding here is an interesting word in the Hebrew. It's a word that has the idea of a sharp sense of smell. You could say it describes Jesus' sharpness of judgment in spelling or smelling out a hypocrite. What we see in the next 
few verses. His sharp nose easily discerns and is offended with the stinking breath of the hypocrite's rotten lungs. Anybody just get that just a little bit? Understanding. You know, the Spirit of God, he, he knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on right here. We like to think, well, I'm going to keep this compartmentalized, or this is going to be hidden, or this is going to be left. No one else is going to know, or it's not that big of a deal. Uh, the Spirit of God, Jesus, came with the understanding he could literally sniff out your sin. Nothing was going to be kept hidden. Nothing would be left away. And which tells me, Lord Jesus, I need your wisdom. And as I have your understanding, I want to be able in the same way to smell out anything in my life that should not be, that is not of you. Because I want, I want you to do that here and now, not someday in the future. I don't want there to be a judgment of all of these things. No, Lord, every day can I look more like you, act more like you, talk more like you. Would you smell it out in my life? Would you search it out? Would you tell me? Would you lead me? I pray when we come on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a Friday or when you're just in your prayer closet, whatever day you just spend and days you spend with the Lord, hopefully consistently, I pray that the Lord in some way, you can almost think of it this week, Lord, would you come sniff something out today that I need to get out of my life? Because I don't want anything. I don't want any part that would offend your spirit in me. I don't want any part that would go against your wisdom. I don't want any part that's going to hurt somebody else or hurt myself, what sin is. Lord Jesus, the understanding one, the one that knows, the one that sees, he shows his holiness. He showed it over and over and over again as he walked this earth. He has the spirit of understanding. I want you to just get this. What, what does the spirit, what does Jesus smell in your life? That might be too personal for some. You're like, I don't, I don't like this. Now this morning, just a, a moment of maybe even some uncomfortable. What does the Lord smell out when he just, you and him, when you just get together? What does he smell? What's he see? What's he hear? What, what's a part? My question is, are we going to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that we say, Lord, none of that. None of that. My flesh, it's got to die. I don't want any part of that. But Lord, I want your spirit. I want your wisdom. I want your understanding. So Lord, I look like you more and more and more and more. And I'm so thankful that he's a merciful God. I'm so thankful that he knows that we are sinful humans. I'm so thankful that he's not sitting there with a sledgehammer just waiting to, to conk us. Because if so, we'd all be done. But I'm also so thankful that he's sniffing it out. And he wants to tell us. Holy Spirit wants to lead us into his truth. What he has. So where you've been caught up, maybe where you've had some things that have just gotten the way, where, where you're not sure, today would be a great day to say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me, Jesus, understanding, the one that knows all, would you come and would you tell me today, what do I need to do? What needs to look different? What needs to smell different in my life? Every time maybe you do something and you're like, oh, I don't know if that was it. Maybe just think of God, kind of, ugh the stench of what that could be like to our God. And the God who loves and cares and sent Jesus, so it's not a condemning, I'm done, but it's instead, Lord Jesus, now convict my spirit. Lord, because I love you, and I don't want that to be a part of me. Let that wisdom, that understanding well up within me. Continuing on to the middle part of, of verse two, it says the spirit of counsel is upon Jesus. He was both the wisdom and the understanding, he has those to be a perfect counselor. 
As I read Isaiah, this counselor is over and over. And in our society, in our world, I believe we love counselors more and more. We love to have somebody help us. We love to have somebody guide us. And I am thankful that we have counselors. I am all for counseling. I'm all for those things. But I am not for a person or a counselor or a human taking the place of God in my life. I'm not for someone coming and now being my counselor when they're not lined up with the power of the word of God. And what I want to encourage you is when we get counsel, it better be based on the word of God. And in a real direct way, I would encourage us, if we have a, a counselor, a clinician in our life, let them be someone that builds everything they do upon this word. Not upon society and what, what culture would say, but upon the word of God that can speak the word of God into your life. Because if we're getting counsel that does not line up with the word of God, is it really going to get us anywhere? Right, can the spirit flow? No, let's get the word, the truth of the word of God in us. And before even a person, a friend, a counselor, somebody that's in a, a field, could we first go to God? Lord, you know all. You have wisdom. You have understanding. And this morning, would you speak to me? Would you guide me? Would you direct me? And I believe there's some things we could lay down at the feet of Jesus. I believe there's some things we could offer him and let him have where we can stand up and we can walk away in power and might led by the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit, Jesus will counsel you. He'll direct you. He'll take you from where you are to where you need to be. He'll move you in a, a more... Uh, a quicker space, a, a faster time. God wants to show up, but are we allowing Holy Spirit to be upon us? Are we allowing the Spirit of the Lord to be upon us like Jesus? Are we letting that wisdom and understanding flow? Jesus has the Spirit of counsel on him. Where do you turn to first when you are not sure? Today, let's make it our life goal. Let's make it who we are. The, the first person I come to and I'm not sure is Jesus. Lord, I lay it at your feet. Lord, would you help me? One of the pastors in the past that was a, a part of Radiant Life didn't really like to counsel people. Uh, didn't like to, uh, that was not the favorite thing. And so oftentimes he would have the people, maybe a marriage dispute or a problem, he would have them go and go into the sanctuary and spend an hour praying together. And over and over and over again, by the time that hour of praying together was done, the people said, we're good, thank you. Thank you for your counsel. Not because of a word that was spoken, but because when God speaks and we come and we get in his presence, and we come and let him pour himself out. We receive counsel that no human, no person could give. Let's turn to Jesus first. Goes on and says the spirit of counsel and might is upon Jesus. He has the power to do whatever he desires to do. Jesus has both love and might. He has what you need, which means there's nothing that his arm is too short for. There's nothing that he can't quite get to. There's no situation there's something about realizing that our God, the God of wisdom, of understanding, of counsel, doesn't only start, stop with this thought and these ideas and these, these creative things and helpful ideas, but he has might to bring them to pass. When I walk in a way and an understanding that, Lord Jesus, your spirit, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, the spirit of the Lord that, that Jesus walked this earth with can be with us and move in us then I begin to say there's nothing that's impossible. 
There's nothing that is impossible. The word that May gave this morning, I can be a lion in any situation. I can go with God because he's spoken, he's moved, he's already brought victory, he's already brought might in my life. And I don't want to just be a lion without walking in his spirit. I don't want to only say, Lord, I'm going to be bold. No, I want your wisdom and your understanding and your counsel. I need you, Holy Spirit, to be on me. And then when it's time to move, I'm going to have a boldness that's going to well up because you're already moving. You're already showing up. You've already done it. You've already won the victory. And I'm going to walk in tune with you, Holy Spirit. How did Jesus go from uh, heavenly to here to be born and to walk on this earth and to live a sinless life it's because he spent time with the holy spirit he spent time with his father he spent time in prayer he spent time believing he spent time asking the the garden of gethsemane lord help me i don't want to do this take this cup from me but not my will your will god gave him the strength he needed the might he needed the power to carry his cross to die on a cross for us, but to rise again. Why? Because God knows, and when we walk in him and his spirit, church, it all is different. In a Christmas season where we're going to celebrate and we're going to do all the things, we must realize God has a plan. He had a plan from the beginning in the garden, and he has a plan for you. He has a plan in your life. He wants to show up in wisdom and understanding and counsel and might because of the power of his spirit, the spirit of the Lord. Before verse 2 is over, there's two more. Two more little areas that are huge in our life. He has the spirit of knowledge. He knows everything. He knows our hearts. He knows all the facts. He has knowledge that we don't have. So it shouldn't surprise us sometimes that things don't go exactly like we want them. His decisions may seem strange or wrong at times in our life, but we must be at a place where the Spirit is upon us and we know He is the God. He has all knowledge. He's got the answer. So, Lord, I can trust you even when I don't like it. I would say every one of us in this room could say there's been a moment in my life where something didn't go. And maybe you could say it just seems like it's over and over. There's just things that I don't understand. My question today, if we're walking in the spirit, am I willing to say, Lord, I don't understand. But Lord, you're the God of understanding. You're the God of knowledge. And therefore, I'm going to trust you. And when something doesn't go how I want, I'm going to trust you. When, Lord, it seems like you could have healed, I'm going to trust you. When, Lord, I, why did I have to lose? Lord, I'm going to trust you. And there's something about walking in spirit, knowing that he's upon us, knowing that he's going to lead us, knowing that he's going to guide us. He says, Lord, I'm going to trust you no matter what happens. And when I'm walking in his power and his spirit, then he can help us overcome anything that would come upon us. He's our God. He's our King. He loves you. He has the knowledge to walk and to, to lead you. He has the understanding. And we're not always going to understand, but he does. And his spirit will be with us and his spirit will guide us and his spirit will give us what we need when we need it. His spirit will lead. And I want to encourage us as a church this morning that we would be a people that walk in the power that we just saw. These, these uh, six things in the spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge. He wants us to walk in those things and when we do, our life looks differently. 
this Christmas season, I pray that mangers and all those things are way less important as Jesus working through you, through what he did as a baby, through what he did on a cross, through what he did coming back to life. Just, Lord, would you let me walk in your spirit so that when I'm at a Christmas party or I'm with my family or with, I'm, when I'm working, when I'm at a grocery store, when there's way too many people at Costco or wherever you are, Lord Jesus, would you let me have a word of knowledge? Would you let me walk in wisdom? Holy Spirit, would you speak? Would you let your might come? That maybe I'm called and I pray for someone or I encourage someone or I lift somebody up. Lord, would you give me a word that I could actually speak into their life in a way that that, I don't know what that was, but God spoke it. When the Spirit walks on us, we can see his power in another level, but we must come to him and let him be with us and be in tune with him. And a part that I find interesting in the last couple of words here of verse 2. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And in our day and age, you know, you think of fear. I don't think that's a real cultural thing. Like, oh, you should have a good, healthy fear of anything. I know when I was growing up, I had a healthy fear of my dad. He can be really scary. If you don't know him very well, he can be really scary. I say he is a prophet. I'm just kidding. He's a super nice, cuddly guy. But he's a prophet. I don't know about cuddly. That's probably, no one would ever call my dad cuddly. I'm not sure where that came from. But he has a spirit of a prophet. I, I believe with all my heart. If you are not doing what you should be doing, and you're around my dad, and definitely if you're his son, but I think it doesn't matter. I don't think you need to be his son then you have a little bit of a, I have a healthy fear. He's going to know what I'm doing. He's going to know what's happening. He's going to be disappointed. And if you are his son, maybe if you're not his son too, you don't want Pastor Dave to be disappointed. And there's something about realizing, Lord, just like I have a healthy fear, had when I was six and eight and 10 and 12, I still have at 38 years old. And Lord, I want to have a healthy fear of my God. I want to have a healthy fear that says, Lord, I submit myself to you. I lay everything down at your feet. Lord, nothing am I above you, but Lord, you are God. And I am not God. So I come and I bow down before you. And Lord, would you even give me a healthy fear that if there's something in me that should not be in me, that I have a little bit of a, I'm a little concerned because God's going to know. He's going to smell it out. He's going to know what's happening. And I'm afraid in my own life, if I want to say that I'm not going to be able to be used in the way I should be because I'm off track from the Lord. God, bring me back. Let me have a healthy fear of you. Not a, a sledgehammer God that's going to just crush us. Although I've asked the Lord, Lord, if I'm off track, if I'm not doing what I should be, Lord, would you hit me upside the head with a two by four? Knock me back to where I should be. Because Lord, I don't want any part of being outside of your will and outside of where you have me to be. So Lord, would you give me a healthy fear even to trust you and to rely on you? Lord, would you give me a healthy fear that even gives me more motivation to say, Holy Spirit, I can't do this on my own. That gives me more motivation to say the spirit of the Lord that was on Jesus has been sent in Acts chapter 2. And we can walk in the power of God. We can walk in the authority of God. So that means today, wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and fear of the Lord. Lord, I'm going to trust you no matter what. I'm going to walk in you. And Lord, would you... Give us opportunities to share with a, a coworker or somebody that's around or just somebody we see. Lord, would you help me? And then, Lord, would you give me a little bit of a healthy fear of, man, I don't want to miss it. 
I don't want to miss what God's saying. So when you speak, I'm just going to go do it. Because God, I trust you. I rely on you. And I'm not scared that you're just going to beat like a sledgehammer me. But I am Lord, a healthy fear that you're God and I'm not. So if you tell me to go left, I'm going to go left. Because I don't, I don't want to know what's right. I don't want to know what's where you're not calling me. I want to be where you're calling me. Because there's a blessing, there's an anointing, there's the spirit of God that leads in a way that I have to have. And if you want to know Jesus, how could he walk? We don't understand in fullness God and man and all of that. But you know what we do understand? He got alone with Jesus repeatedly over and over. He spent days, 40 days in prayer. He went up to the mountain, prayed all night. He did things that oftentimes we neglect. And Lord, would you help us? Would you help us? intensify our prayer life help us intensify our walk with you help us intensify our study of the word because lord we trust you we believe in you we fear you we want your your counsel and your wisdom we want your understanding and your knowledge we need you to show up in our life because without you what are we what can we do we can't do anything but with him the spirit of god a lion May, a lion comes from us, and you can be the change in your life and in your community and in your workplace. You can see God move through his power through you. This Christmas, don't miss it. Don't miss what he's doing. Jesus was our earthly example, so walk in the spirit of the Lord today. And this in closing, verse 3, I love it. It says, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Right? Not only is that a thing he has, but his delight shall be. Which means I should not be, I shouldn't as a pastor even be like, well, it's not like fear. No, we should be in a place where we delight in the fear of the Lord. I'm going to honor him, respect him. I'm going to lay myself down before him. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteous shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Just a couple things to pull out here real fast. What would happen if verse 3, he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear? What would happen if our lives, if we stop just what we see and what we hear making our decision. But instead we say, nope, I'm going to walk in the spirit of God. The fear of our God. It's not going to be by what I feel and what I see and what I hear. But it's going to be by God. With the righteousness he shall judge. Right? With the righteousness of God in my life. And I believe there's a word for some folks. Maybe all of us today. But maybe a few specifics, specific people if we could stop. What I see and now I'm going to do it. What I hear and now I have to respond. And instead let the righteousness of God lead us and guide us. The spirit upon us. Our marriages would be better. Our jobs, our, our friendships, relationships, the people around us. It would go a little bit better. But it's way more fun in the natural. We just respond. We just do what we do. But then we have to pick up all the pieces on the other side. But when we do it in the spirit of God, in the word of God, and how God would speak, we get to navigate through life. We get to avoid things we weren't called to be a part of. Because, Lord, it's not just what I see in my response or hear in my response, but it's by you and your spirit in my life. Decide with equity for the meek of the earth. 
What, what does that mean? What does that look or judge the poor? In other words, from the lowest to the highest, God is going to see all. There's going to be this. Shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Uh, what I, I, I see in studying, saying the Antichrist, he's going to win. God is going to win. If you didn't know it, he already did it on the cross. He died. He rose again. And at the end of our earthly existence, he's going to win. He's going to be victorious. So Lord, let me walk in your spirit and your power. So the righteous one, the righteousness of our judge, that we're on the right side. We're with him. We're walking with him. It says to close, righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. What does that mean? Righteousness and faithfulness. It is around him. It is a part of him. It's not going to separate from him. Today, Jesus, he walked with righteousness and faithfulness. He did what he was called to do by his heavenly father. He didn't ask God, take this cup in the garden of Gethsemane. Don't make me die on that cross. I don't want to do it. He didn't just say, I don't want to do it, but he said, not my will, but yours. In other words, if that's the way it has to be, then Lord, I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to walk in your power. There's something about realizing, Lord, would you help us follow you? Would you help us walk in righteousness and faithfulness? Lord, not what I see and what I hear, but your spirit, would you guide me? Because when I walk in him, then I can walk in wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of the Lord as the spirit of God rests upon us and leads us. The church this morning, I want to encourage us as we're heading into this Christmas season. Next week, we'll get to more, you know, Matthew. We'll get back in, get up to uh, mangers and all those fun things. But God put a plan in place for you. He loves you. Jesus came and died for you. And he didn't die so you could just make it to heaven, but he died so now the Holy Spirit can rest upon you. The Spirit of the Lord would be upon you. And you don't have to walk not knowing and not sure and not knowing where to go and not having strength and not having power, but you get to walk in the power of God, the one that has understanding and knowledge. And this morning, if there's people, and I, I feel that there are, that would say, I am struggling, Christmas is difficult, something is going on in my life, I want you to know today that when we trust God, doesn't mean we understand, doesn't mean that every single thing we get, doesn't mean, why did that happen? I, I don't know. But I want to encourage that when we walk in the power of the Lord and we say, Lord, I trust you. Though he slay me, I will trust him. No matter what takes, what happens, I will trust him. No matter what happened in the past, I will trust him. No matter what tragedy, Lord, I will trust you. Whatever season you're in, if you could just say, Lord, I trust you. Holy Spirit. These first five verses, let him rest upon me. Holy Spirit, be upon me. God's going to see you through. You're going to make it to the other side. And my prayer is that we, Rad Fam, we would be so in tune with the Lord that we walk in wisdom and knowledge and understanding that the Lord can give. We walk in counsel. We walk in him and take him with you to your family Christmas parties. Take him with you to your job Christmas parties. Take him with you in the hustle and bustle of the season. Take him with you and watch the spirit use you in moments and seasons and and, in spots with people that you never thought were possible. As he gives you a word of of wisdom or a word of knowledge or he gives you a faith to rise up and you pray for someone. Maybe someone gets healed at your Christmas, uh, family Christmas gathering. It's not going to happen if we don't walk in him. If we don't intensify our prayer life, we don't get in the word. If we don't go expecting, 
on your way to a family thing, whoever's in your car, say, hey, let's, let's take a couple minutes. Let's pray. God, would you use me today? Lord, would you speak? I'm going to be open. Don't get me in trouble, God, but tell me what to do, and I'm going to do whatever it is, and if it seems good or I don't understand, I'm going to do it. Why? Because God, he's got the knowledge. He understands. He knows. Let him walk in you, through you, and watch what he will do this Christmas season. So, Lord, this morning, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for Isaiah, who was, uh, was in tune with you to hear your word, to put it onto pages, God. So thousands of years later, we can hear. We're thankful, God, that you spoke to him and said what was going to happen, Lord, when Jesus, when you came. We're thankful that what he said, it did happen. It came to pass, God, that you had a plan, and we get to trust you every step of the way. So, Lord, this morning, I pray for every person in the room, or maybe that's online, or that would hear at any point. God, would you show up? Would you be their God? Would you be their king? Lord, whatever they need this morning, Maybe they need you to smell some things out, Lord. Maybe we need to get rid of some stuff, Lord. Forgive us and help us to remove those by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us. We can't do it without you, but with you, anything's possible. Lord, today, maybe we need counsel or wisdom or understanding. We need knowledge. Lord, today, we need a fear of you. God, build these things in us. Holy Spirit, then let us walk in you. Let us walk in righteousness and faithfulness that only can happen when we walk in you, Holy Spirit. God, you are good. I'm so thankful we don't do this alone, but you lead, you guide, you direct, you surround us. It's all you. So Lord, help us to trust you. And Lord, for that one or two today that maybe is really struggling with that trust moment, something that happened maybe a long time ago or maybe it's happening right now, Lord, would you help us? Spirit, would you help us trust you, the God of knowledge, of understanding, of righteousness, of faithfulness. Lord, we trust you. Lord, help us heal our hearts. Let us walk in you, Lord, so we can be all we can be, not because of us, but because, Holy Spirit, you're in us this Christmas season. We thank you. We praise you. Maybe last thing, for some family members that don't know you, Jesus, I, I pray that each person in this room would have opportunity first to pray, to be on their knees, to, to intercede for their family. And then, Lord, we ask that they would have words from you. They'd have opportunities to pray. There would be a reason, Lord, to speak truth. And God, that you would tell us when, you'd tell us what, you'd tell us what to say. And when you do, Lord, help us to be bold, to be like lions, to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, we pray there would be testimonies of family members that have been far from you for a long time, turning their lives back to you. Maybe for the first time, giving their lives, control of their lives to you. We're thankful for it. We believe, we stand on your word. Spirit, lead us. The spirit of the Father today, just like Jesus, lead us to be your hands and feet this Christmas season. Jesus, thank you for dying. But thank you for coming to this earth. For subjecting yourself to what we deal with, to what life is, to sin of this world, but never sinning yourself. We thank you. You are so, so good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. My last thing before we leave this morning, if you are not an active follower of Jesus, not religion, not a member of a church, but if you're not in relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you this morning, all you have to do is ask him, Lord, become the Lord of my life. I repent of my sins. Forgive me of what I've done. It's hurt somebody else or myself. He welcomes you in. 
Make him the Lord of your life in your own words. And then I want to encourage you, come talk to me. Come see me. I would love to pray with you, give you some encouragement. There's nothing like a relationship with Jesus. That's why we, Radiant Life, is here to see one more person come to know Jesus. And if that's you today, don't wait. Don't wait another day, but today, give your life to him. The word says all of heaven rejoices when one comes to know him. And you can make heaven rejoice this morning. Radiant Life, love you all. Thank you for being here this morning. Just so, so appreciative. Love what God is doing. I pray that you're just feeling the presence of Jesus every service. Let's come ready to worship, ready to go after him, ready to get in the word. And do it at home this week. Read your word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. God's good. Don't do it once a week, but all the time. Keep yourself full of the spirit and see what he might do, how he might use you. He's so good. Radiant Life, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a great week.